Out to Ekman Larson. Ekman Larson with a shot blocked in front. Comes to Rodriguez. Couldn't see it up. And he does. And he scores. His second of the night. 5-3 Panthers. Lundunik dumps it in. Here's Aceman. His shot. Club save. Rebound. Janelle scores. David Steele down the middle. Ditch. Ivan Hattrick. 6-1. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Saul 67 for December the 7th and a little slick out there driving into the Sports 1440 studios. Uh, good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, on the Kevin Carrier Show. Man, oh man, uh, talk about slick. The Oilers were slick last night. A big 6-1 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes for their fifth straight win. And maybe the biggest stat that kind of went unnoticed after last night's game is in the Goals for differential category. The Oilers are finally even Steven. They are at zero when it comes to goals for and goals against on the season. Now, out of all the stats, you can talk about plus minus. Some people hate it. Some people like it. Some people think it's not fair. Goal differential is quite key. The only stat or only area of goal differential that gets skewed would be probably empty net goals. So... The Oilers are at zero. They're at even Steven in that category after a 6-1 victory. And the top three teams in goal differential just happen to be the teams that lead the Pacific Division. Vegas, L.A., and Vancouver. Uh, get your text in uh, what you thought about the Oilers game last night. one 833 Northside Norm already uh, zipped in at about uh, 6.30. Five wins, five games in a row, and they put me and my hard hat on the Jumbotron. Coincidence? Northside Norm. Wow. How about some details there, Norm? Do you wear the hard hat every game or what? So, Oilers are home to Minnesota tomorrow. The Wild are in Vancouver tonight. So that's a tougher back-to-back. Oilers 21 points, Minnesota 22 points. The story last night, the start. And three goals for Zach Hyman. Those would be the two top storylines. Now, think about who started the game. The Oilers scored 28 seconds into the game. But the starting forward line was Matthias Janmark, Ryan McLeod, and Warren Fogle. Fogle. And hard on the forecheck. Jakob Slavin didn't even look like he really wanted to start the game, did he? Uh, had the old tippy-toe, tippy-toe up against uh, the boards and Fogel just stripped the pocket to him and out to McLeod. Hey, two goals in two games for Ryan McLeod. So, uh, and, uh, you know, Evan Bouchard gets an assist on the, on the play to extend his streak to nine straight with a point. But... How often do we see that, like, every game? It's either Leon or Connor that start the game. little different look this time. little different because of maybe a line matchup that Chris Knobloch wanted against Rod Brindamore and the Hurricanes. But then the key 13 seconds later, 
beautiful awareness by Matthias Ekholm as he slides in and Connor McDavid just does what Connor McDavid does. Great pass to Matthias Ekholm, two goals in 41 seconds. Bingo, bango, bongo. Let's get her done in the Congo. And uh, that two-goal span in 41 seconds to start a game, the second uh, quickest goals in Oilers history, uh, only before in 1982, 24 seconds against the LA Kings. Dave Lumley and Mark Messier. Dave Lumley. Would you consider him the Duke of Delburn, a friend of the show, participant of the show, being in studio here? Uh, in my opinion, anybody that's uh, ever <laughs> graced our airwaves uh, between 7 and 11 a.m. is a friend of this show. And anybody that's been on, on any of those sh- programs in, is a friend of the But coming into station. the studio. Well, that just makes yeah. them an extra special oh, friend of the show. There you go, Lummer. Uh, Duke, what did you think of the game last night? Hopefully, and again, I, uh, 7.30 start? Oh, no. How about 7.50? Yeah. That the NHL stinks. That the, part's tough. And so I, I like I'm not gonna lie. I, I dipped out a little early, obviously, yeah. the game being well you? out of hand to uh, get a few extra winks in. But I, I don't know if there's really much you can't like about what the Oilers did no. last night. Pretty well top to bottom. Um it's uh, it's kind of funny if you look at it through the other side of the lens and, and what plagued the hurricanes last night in terms of uh losing guys in the defensive zone, um, oh. untimely goaltending. It's, it's kind of almost like we're looking in a mirror from the Oilers earlier this season. Uh, like Brett Pesci, who I think is one of the um, kind of <laughs> most underrated night. defensemen in the league, he had himself a very rough night in the D zone, got uh, burned a couple times. So um, whether it was Stuart Skinner, I mean, he made a, a 16 saves in the first period mm-hmm. and a couple of them really da- uh, real dandies. So between that, the Hyman hat trick, uh, the, the D zone play to limit um, – the, the Canes to just one goal. It was pretty well top to bottom, a, a great performance by the oil, and, and nice to see to rattle off five in a row. And the big thing is that, you know, Rod Brindamore's comments on the uh, TNT broadcast, uh, we're on our way to losing 50 to nothing, was a big headline last night as well. He's never seen this team play as brutal as it did. Brindamore went on to say, <laughs> those in-game interviews are... They can be an absolute nightmare to do. <laughs> and, I mean, Darren Pang, with he must have been just leaving that bench going, uh-oh, what was just said? And it was a lot of – it raised a lot of eyebrows. It got legs, as we call it in the business, quickly across uh, the country on other networks and uh, things like this. All right, Duke, I'm going to do uh, a little new segment for you this morning, and it's a one-time only. Box A. 16 goals, 9 assists in 22 games. Box B, 15 goals, 11 assists in 22 games. Can you name the players? I think you might be able to do the second one because we were talking about it. I believe the second one is uh, the aforementioned Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman after his hat trick. Is the first one his uh, former teammate? There you go. Down in the the six. (laughs) Austin Matthews. So there you go. Same, pretty well the same stats after 22 games played. Austin Matthews, Zach Hyman. Congrats to Zach on a solid game and uh, congrats to, you know, the line of Matthias Janmark, Warren Fogel, and uh, Ryan McLeod were great last night. It was outstanding to see Fogel score in that breakaway. He's had so many breakaways. And if you look at every breakaway that, that Warren Fogel's had, He's coming in at Mach 90. He is flying in. And sometimes the hands can't keep up with the legs. And you have a hard time, I guess, deciding what kind of move, what kind of shot you want to make. 
for many times, a lot of times that we've seen Warren Fogle on breakaways this year, sometimes you just go to a de, your, your de facto move and you go back to what is a comfortable move that maybe you've had success on. Maybe you think that uh, you, you can have more success on. But Fogel's kind of been stoned on a lot of them this year in the sense that he's kind of, you know, he's gone to his backhand and that may be his, whatever you call it, his, his move that he's the most comfortable with. What did he do last time? Last night, went to the forehand, but muscled, kind of stayed with it. And, and you can see how much speed that he had going in after he carries through into the Edmonds. So... I mean, for Warren Fogle to to score that goal, and even though it was five nothing, it was a big goal in the sense that it took the life it it took the life out of Carolina. They were still they made the goaltending change after the three nothing goal, and and they still kind of you know a, a team that works like a Rod Brindamore team is always in it because they have the ability to generate because of effort and and uh, play down low and play in the offensive zone. But that goal sort of took the life. And then one of the keys is at that point, uh, you, the Oilers players could go, all right, this is point night. Ah, let's get her going here. Instead, the Oilers played a lot more responsible and they had defensive awareness and they had that ability to kind of lock it down, which they did. And I mean, yeah, they, you know, uh, 6-1, I, I, that's, a, that's a top-notch uh, performance uh, from start to bottom. The other goal that was really, uh, I mean, Connor McDavid's set up to, for Zach Hyman's hat-trick goal. I mean, that was unreal. I mean, he picked the pocket of uh, bunting uh, at, at right inside the blue line, stripped bunting, and then comes in and, uh, man, undresses uh, Brent Burns and then makes a beautiful, beautiful setup to, to Hyman for the hat-trick goal. But... Uh, just what can you say? Toe drag around Burns. That was just an outstanding goal. Uh, and then the other, the other goal that was maybe not didn't get as much airtime or awareness was a play by Evan Bouchard on the four nothing goal because he made a an outstanding play in the neutral zone and kind of just swooped his stick and it allowed the Oilers to go on the rush. McDavid over to Ryan Nugent Hopkins to Zach Hyman. And just like that, it's 4 nothing, and that was a, a huge, huge goal as well. Uh, text coming in to one 401 Harry says, to quote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, who are those guys? I'm going to change that for you, Harry. The, that text should have come in a month ago. Who are those guys? Because this team is what everyone expected to see the team that's been playing the last and and let's be honest they're not going to win five games in a row six games in a row seven games in a row and maybe lose a game and then do that again there's going to be a few more peaks and valleys here but this is the team right now that everyone expected at the start of the season so harry that text kind of should have been sent a month ago Stair Farmer checks in with his daily roll call. Hey, the third line looked so good last night. Every shift they were pushing. Northside Norm. Oh, here's about his uh, hard hat. I have worn the hard hat since the last playoff run. Every game saves me money on hat tricks, as I won't kill someone by throwing that hard hat. Very true. There were a lot of hats again. Man, Duke, if you had... 
besides if you were wearing a sports 1440 hat, are you tossing one over? Probably not. What do you got? Uh, what is that? An Under Armour hat you got on? No, no this, uh, this is a Hui hat. Hui. Hui. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, right. I, I don't know. I'm, um, I'm not a, like, I, I love seeing it, but I only wear one hat. I wear it until it is not to You've be. You've other hats on in here? This is the only hat you have ever seen me wear, Kevin. Really? I guarantee it. Okay. I wear I wear one hat until it is uh, no longer fit to be worn in public anymore. And if it's still in a good enough structural shape, then it will get retired to mm-hmm. the farm to be a chore hat. And I will replace it usually with one that looks about the exact same. Mm. And the thing is, you want to know what? These days, hats are so expensive. expensive. Got, here's another question for you then. So if you wear that hat all the time, maybe you're not. Are you wearing uh, doing chores at the farm too? This one? Yeah. No, no, I have a... Chore hat. hat. Chore okay. hat, yeah. Does your chore hat look like Sidney Crosby's hat with the salt stains around the top? Oh, yeah. Does it? Eh? Yeah, yeah. And like the, like the, um, it's like you can actually buy them to look like this. It's like a, a fatigued look, I think, where it's kind of like the stitchings come apart at the edge of the beak and it's starting mm-hmm. to kind of fray up. Of course, uh, mine were not purchased like that. They were spo- they were pristine as ever when they were yeah. new, but now they're worn and, um, yeah. Well, I guess less, I should take <laughs> less than pretty. I'm just focusing on the board, I guess. I'm not focusing on your hat in here. I guess I could say that I have noticed this hat on several. It's quite frequent. I thought maybe... Five days a week. What about, uh, how come you're not wearing a sports 1440? This just fits you perfect? This, well, uh, yeah, like I I get one that I don't like breaking in new hats, which some Hmm. people will scoff at because you can just put them on and go them uh, or wear them. But so uh, all the sports 1440 hats and the ones that we've got, I've just given, I didn't give them away, uh, whether I'm out Thursday Night Football or when we were at the uh, Century Casino a couple months ago. Um, And also like their, their style of them, they're kind of more of a flat brim hat. Mm hmm. Doesn't uh, does not complement my head very well. I have a very egg shaped <laughs> head, so that kind of rounder fit with well, the flat beak. You're looking sharp, whatever it well, is. Well, that, exactly. I, I have to do everything I can to to do myself some favors because I am not an attractive young man, and so I need to <laughs> I need to compliment myself best I can, whether it be oh, with, uh, don't sell yourself the short. clothes I wear, the hat I have yeah. on my head. But uh, thankfully, nobody has to worry about that because unlike yeah. me, the Oilers were looking very yeah. very good. That's like, like Caddyshack. Don't sell yourself. Don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty well it. Uh, Dean texts in. I thought the third goal was the turning point. Canes were coming on a little bit when it was two nothing. Fair point, Dean. Uh, the Canes did have a little push after the Oilers made it two nothing. Leon Drysaddle had a giveaway. Uh, it didn't result in any dangerous scoring opportunities, but there was a little bit of a a push. Back, uh, Jurassic Bark texts in and says, my favorite part of last night is when Bush lost his stick in the D zone and still was able to make a defensive play to separate the man from the puck, from Jurassic Bark. Busy Thursday show as usual. Alan Mitchell will check in uh, right after the break, uh, the lowdown on uh, Sports 1440 at 7.20. Uh, so Alan will check in. and He's on, of course, uh, from 12 to 2 on this great station. Uh, our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. And again, a little twist. 
little twist today. Uh, that's coming up at 7.40. 8 o'clock every Thursday at 8 o'clock. Ladislav Schmid is our co-host, the former Edmonton Oiler from 8 to 10. Double barrel shotguns with our NHL insiders, Frank Saravalli and Mark Spector. Are we flip-flopping those today, Duke? Uh, yeah, Frank sent me a text uh, last night asking uh, if Mark would be able to flip Flavo today, and Mark said uh, no problem. Player. Oh, Spec is the, team the ultimate team guy. But then I just got a text from Frank this morning Uh-oh. saying, "Isn't Spec on at seven? And I said, "No, he's on right before you." So we, uh, I, I assume some of Frank's other commitments and obligations might be interfering. So we might be uh, shifting some things around on the fly well, here this morning. Frank is just flexing his muscle. Like, yeah. He's just coming in and saying, <laughs> "This is what we're doing." <laughs> Uh, at 9.20, George Offman, uh, a mainstay of the Chicago sports media for over five decades. Uh, he has a podcast and a book, and he's got everything going. He has interviewed more people than you could imagine. And Chicago is one of the top sports towns going. So this will be an interesting conversation. Uh, and then at 10.20, we will have our uh Check in with Thursday Night Football. Uh, Beauty coming up. Uh, Will Graves from the Associated Press. But when we come back, Alan Mitchell from the Low Down with Low Tide. Coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Ah, brings back memories of the halftime show on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas, doesn't it? Uh, uh, text coming in to one 1440 From the King of Fort Nasty. Good morning, KK and Duke. Much like the Duke, the King wears his hat till there is nothing left. I have a Bud Light hat that used to be blue, but now is pale white. Plastic on the brim is worn through, and the smarty is starting to rust. Eventually, they get retired to the garage wall or ceiling. I have thousands hung in there. That comes from uh, the Duke. So, yes, the Duke and... uh, the King of Fort Nasty on the same page. Uh, we're going to address that with Alan Mitchell in one second. Uh, and he's our puck report uh, brought to you by Fountain Tire today. Right now during the Road Ready sales event, you can save up to $225 off select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in Alan Mitchell from the Low Down with Low Tide. Good morning, Alan. We are just talking about hats a little bit before. Uh, when you have a head of hair like you have, luscious, thick, full, you'd be crazy to wear a hat on that, wouldn't you? I would. Also, I've got a bulbous head, and my hat often, when I put a hat on, it becomes spring-loaded. And if it comes off, it sometimes hurts people or at least scares them. Do you have the, is it the adjustable feature on the back? Is that what would happen or what? Yeah, I, I do, but even that, you know, I, it, it's a sticky wicket. I, I will tell you, I've, I've had episodes in my life that are not good, and, and people, you know, they, they get upset, they get angry. Uh, it becomes weaponized. Hmm. I, I, it's just a thing. Would you would you ever contemplate wearing one of those paperboy hats that Gregor's been wearing since this bet started? Well, you know, Gregor's gone rogue with his whole life since the haircut thing. So I'm not going to contemplate anything he's doing. It just it seems like he's he's on a different plane right now. And I'm just going to enjoy the ride and the fact that he's not. Well, uh, talk about enjoying the ride. I think Oilers fans enjoyed that 6-1 victory last night. Uh, What did you make of that contest against the Canes low tide? Well, you know, the owners for so many times in the last many years have come out and been flat and 
Carolina was a little bit, but I'll give Edmonton credit. They were, they were, you know, the the third line, the Ryan McLeod line, got an early start and then a gorgeous play uh, for a second goal. And the orders to a man seemed to be uh, very much um, like ready for the game and and determined not to to fall flat or or uh, have Carolina get get you know get the advantage on them. But they're just playing well. Like this is this is you know. Um, I think it's seven three and zero under the mm-hmm. new coach. Yep. They're just playing well. They're defensively structured. They've got calm feet. One mistake uh, last night, and they give up one goal. But Stuart Skinner made some big, big stops. They're this team right now believes, and I don't know. I mean, I I believe in numbers, so saying confidence is a big factor doesn't really jive with what I talk about a lot. But they just look like a totally different team. Evan Bouchard. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, he was he was fumbling, he was mm-hmm. making mistakes, he looked completely out of place uh, playing defense with or without the puck, and and now he just looks he looks tremendous. He looks like the impact player they thought they were getting. It really has been an amazing turnaround for the Oilers, and last night I think was their best game certainly since the Nashville game mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Although Carolina coach Rod Brindamore wasn't quite happy with how his team played uh, last night. On the subject of uh, Evan Bouchard, Evan Bouchard, LT, that the effort that he made on the fourth goal, he didn't get an assist on the play, but he started it in the neutral zone. I think you know what I'm talking about. He sort of yep. splayed out and he kind of just kind of hooked the puck up to Connor McDavid. And as he said, I mean, he was off to a rough start defensively, but now he hasn't he isn't making any of these mistakes that you really are five alarmers. And boy, if that happens, if he can continue like that, he is a top-notch defenseman in this league. Yeah, he's definitely can play top four minutes, and you worry about him falling back into that place that he was at earlier in the year. But Ekholm is healthy now, mm-hmm. and Bouchard, even when he's playing with other partners, seems to have that that uh, presence about him. He's got calm feet. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's a combination. Teams are not pressuring the auto's defense like they did before. They have a little more time, but there's more structure and more presence and confidence. And um, I mean, it's fun to watch because they're they're you know they're such a skilled team when they have the puck on their stick and time and can do things. And Bouchard's mm-hmm. an ultimate example of that. His passes are just cherry, just a wonderful passer. And and I mean he's. I'm writing a story on him today for the Athletic, and he's he is um, the top five seasons or six seasons in Oilers history in terms of defenseman points are by Paul Coffey, mm-hmm. and he he I don't think he'll get into the top five, but he might he might crack one of the one of the top seasons by Coffey and past guys like Hardy uh, Charlie Huddy and Steve Smith and Chris Pronger. Uh, with his point total this year, uh, Evan Bouchard is something else. He really is, historically speaking, he might end up being the second best offensive defenseman in Oilers history behind Coffey. Alan Mitchell with us on Sports 1440. The one thing that I've noticed about, uh, and you talked about teams forechecking, uh, I think I've noticed that the Oilers are getting back to pucks a little bit quicker, and that includes Evan Bouchard. If you look at some of his games early on in the season, he wasn't getting back to pucks, and he was a little. He, he was maybe waiting to absorb a hit. Now he's just getting back to pucks and trying to make that first play, whether it be back to you know on a reverse to Ekholm or you know around the boards or or whatever. Uh, that's one thing that uh, I think has been uh, noticeable in the last little bit. Last night, uh, low tide. I was on the uh, in the in the press box, and I noticed a 
GM Ken Holland talking to Philip Broberg for about five minutes or so. Uh, they had a, I mean, I stayed away from where they were talking, but they had a conversation for about five minutes and then a, a quick little handshake because I think they're mending some things here. And I wouldn't be surprised if today or whenever uh, uh, Philip Broberg is on his way to Bakersfield uh, to start playing because that's what he needs. So what have you made of this whole situation here in the last few days? Well, I, I think this does happen from time to time. It's very rare. The Oilers have had two years now of defensemen not getting hurt. There's, nobody's getting hurt. So the seventh defenseman sits. It's not an ideal situation for a young player like Broberg. But the, the worst possible scenario is that they trade him because they need value contracts. He is a top 10 NHL draft pick. He might have been picked out of place. I know fans get upset about that. But he's he's big, strong, fast Swedish defenseman, and a lot of those things. No matter, you know, let's say it's 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 established law that he wasn't worthy of a top ten pick. That doesn't matter anymore. That's that's old history. What he is is the best young defenseman they have, a value contract, and a guy who, quite frankly, as they reach uh, uh, next summer. Uh, they have, may have to shuffle some players due to you know cap reasons, and he'll probably be in the top six. He's not going to be expensive next year, and he's a guy you need. So trading him or listening to the agent, all of those things I think are really bad for the Oilers. Stay mm-hmm. the course, send him down, get him some experience, bring him back up. At some point, somebody is going to get hurt, and he is the best option. Yeah. He's dominant in Bakersfield. Get his confidence back, and, and I ignore the agent. With due respect to agents, they are they have one player's interest in mind, and if you're Ken Holland, you have to have the whole team in mind. And trading Broberg is just a bad idea. You're never going to get what you, you know, because right now it's a public story, so you're never going to get what you you should out of him. Um, I I'm encouraged by what you just said, where they're talking and and yep. you know hopefully he's not saying I'm going to you know I'll trade you as soon as I can no. because they won't get they they just won't because you when you when you enter a negotiation from a point of weakness. Uh, you 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 never ever ever get the best possible deal you can. It's just not possible, and that's where the orders are right now with Broberg. And not only that, uh, LT. If a GM goes and says, uh, "I'll just accommodate whatever the agent and player wants," well, <laughs> you're not going to be a GM around long in the NHL because it just doesn't work that way. Um, no. On the topic of uh, Zach Hyman last uh, night. And I don't know if you heard our little, a little bit with what the Duke I did, a box A, box B. Did you hear that a little bit, about 15 minutes I, I ago? I just heard just very briefly. Okay, so here's box A, and it's 15 goals, 11 assists, and I think you might know who that is uh, mm-hmm. after three goals last night. Box B is 16 goals, 9 assists, and that's Austin Matthews. So when you look at that and the dynamic about what happens in Toronto and how everyone thinks Austin Matthews is the end-all, be-all, and here you got Zach Hyman playing his ass off here and playing to a level that is probably even higher than what he was last year. He is one of the true leaders on this team. Yeah, he, he, Zach Hyman is the best free agent signing in Oilers history. And that's, you know, it sounds like, you know, grand and everything, mm-hmm. but it's true. And that includes Charlie Huddy, who was just a, 
uh, a graduating junior, but a great signing. Zach Hyman has done everything he was supposed to. There was when you're signing a veteran, there's there's often a, a little bit of erosion in years two, three, four. Hasn't seen it, hasn't happened. He plays the game uh, really well in a very specific way. He's aggressive, and he's great around the net. You know, he every almost every game I go on natural statric and I look at high danger chances, and he's always got five. He's always leading the team because he's so dogged on yeah. with the puck. He just goes to the net. He knows where the goals are scored. He's a very smart player. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a coach after after mm-hmm. his career. But he's also he, he he's like a he's got a motor that won't quit. I, I I really love watching Zach Hyman. He's a unique player. I liked him when he was in Toronto, which is hard because I'm not a Maple Leafs fan. But really, honestly, such a great player. Really a big fan of Zach Hyman. Also, uh, the Oilers penalty kill. There there weren't any many penalties last night. Only three, I believe. Oilers uh, penalty kill was perfect, two for two. And one of the reasons why has been the return of Matthias Janmark, who also had three assists last night. Uh, he has been a force on the penalty kill. I mean, the Oilers deployed several uh, tandems up front uh, on one of them. You know, I think they had four tandems, if I look at my notes correctly. It started off with uh, Nugent Hopkins and Ryan. Then it went to uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Janmark. Then it went to Fogel and McLeod. Then it went to Dreisaitl and McDavid. So you're seeing a different kind of deployment from Chris Knobloch in the sense of, I think, maybe more tandems and a little bit more um, moving around. Have you noticed that uh, since he took over from Jay Woodcroft? Yeah, what, I, what I've noticed is they do seem to be, uh, they contest pucks a lot. Like there's there's a, there is a slight rotation. Uh, if a puck, you know, if somebody's closer to the puck, they'll go to it and then they'll just check down. The other player will check down. But they they do contest a lot and and they're aggressive even on the forecheck. But I they they seem to keep the pairs together, which which is important. Uh, but I do think your point about Yanmark is true. Him being back, uh, I was told by like people way smarter than me who really study this stuff that the personnel isn't as important as the structure and the style and the fact that you aren't uh, predictable and you take away space and time on passes, and then everybody has to stay in their lane. And the Oilers seem to be really disciplined right now. Now, a lot of this is just, I mean, they're not going to have the kind of success they're having now all season. It's just not, you know, physically possible. But having said that, they, they're getting it at a really, really important time. And that is, you know, I mean, it's part of the success here. And obviously, you know, I think the coaching staff has got a different message, and the team obviously is is responding to it, which is typical because it's a new message. And um, right now, uh, every whoever goes out on the ice is playing well. The penalty kill is mm-hmm. actually fun to watch now yeah. after being really disastrous. Hey, LT, one last one for you. We got uh, George Offman coming up tonight at. Uh, this morning at 9.20. Not sure if you've heard of him, know who he is, but he's covered sports in Chicago for over 50 years. You imagine the stories. I mean, this is one of the best sports towns going, and this guy's been doing it all, and all of the sports. Uh, I don't know if if you've got the link on it, but I'll send it to you, just the amount of people that he's talked to, reporters. Oh, man. I mean, it's insane. I mean, Chicago's an outstanding sports town. Well, you know, there's there's so many, like, if I, I'm trying to do numbers in my head, but in 69, the Cubs had a big league, and mm-hmm. they collapsed. 
The Chicago Blackhawks were a great team during that period. They just they really were the bear stories that he would have covered, right? Even right from oh. the beginning through, you know, the Ditka years and, and you know, Dent and uh, Fridge Perry and, and Singletary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the Chicago Blackhawks for the last 20 years have been really, really interesting. So... And you know, that's just the, we, we, without Jordan, we haven't even talked about Jordan for God's sake. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, he's seen some things. There's no doubt about that. And and you know, the, the as you say, the people that he would have talked oh. to over the years. Oh my God, Unreal. you know. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, quite a career and what an experience for him. Hey, and hey, are you happy that Juan Soto went to the Yanks? You know, I, I used to hate the Yankees, but then my favorite player, Tim Raines, won a World Series with them, so I can't hate the Yankees anymore. I just hope the Padres got something, because they often get screwed over on these deals. looks like they got some pitching, which they need, but, you know, the Padres still have too much money. They can't afford... Like they've spent so much money and charged so little for tickets. I thought <laughs> whoever did the math over there really needs to shake his head. LT, thanks for this. Uh, have a great show coming up at noon. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. That's Alan Mitchell, uh, the lowdown at 12 o'clock on Sports 1440. And, of course, uh, LT was uh, part of our puck report. uh, That's uh, daily on uh, the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, Head to FountainTire.com. Check out uh, the seasonal tire storage situation. Uh, Once you get your winter... Rubber put on. Oh, Duke, it wasn't... It's not going to be... It wasn't... Slippery going in today to work, but it's going to get down to about minus 10 overnight tonight. And if that stays on the road, it could be a little slick tomorrow. Yeah, it it's, uh, has the potential to be getting pretty dicey. So uh, if you have not yet already, be sure to get your uh, your winter your winter slicks thrown on uh, here. Because you say it's not slippery, but that wet snow it uh, it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you got that new uh, I that got- new beautiful Ram. We're gonna have game of the day coming up here. You probably just quickly <laughs> click that thing over into four by four, and you're laughing. Uh, you're not spinning out at any stoplights or nothing, but. Yes, Not my, everyone's so fortunate, my, Kevin. I, I my, hey, my Ram fifteen hundred after three days, Duke. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out the bells and whistles. Got the still that nice new truck oh, smell in it's there. It's got it all. Yeah. Oh baby, it's beautiful. Yes. So our uh, game of the day brought to you by Saint Albert Dodge is coming up right after the break with a little bit of a twist. Uh, stick with us. Uh, tons more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Oh, you're not slipping one by me today, Duke. 7.40, Brian Adams break, baby. <laughs> uh, got a text this morning from Mark out at Terra Pines Golf Course. Uh, a late, a late hole-in-one at Terra Pines Golf Course yesterday. <laughs> I just think that's kind of hilarious, don't you, Duca? So December 6th, a hole-in-one. Well, God, I, we talked about this the other day, how neither of us have even sniffed a hole in one in our life, yeah. and then we got people out here stroking on one on December, December the 6th. That's unreal. I don't, I, I'm not on board with that. That's not fair. <laughs> like, do you imagine how that, okay, even if it went in on the fly, I would rather it went in on the fly. Imagine how you could land that thing on a hole and like on a par three, probably 50 yards before the hole, and it's going to bounce up there. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. So, congrats to the dude that got, well, or dudette. Harmeet Kaylee. Harmeet Kaylee? Today uh, just recorded a hole-in-one on the 18th hole. On on the 18th? Holy smokes. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's just insane. 
Oh, man. All right. Time now for our uh, game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Join in the holiday cheer and help St. Albert Dodge fill their Ram 1500 with toys for the Salvation Army. Stop in, say hi at the north end of St. Albert Trail. It's a beautiful facility, beautiful dealership. Uh, Check it out if you need anything. And tons and tons of Ram 1500s and um, lucky enough to be driving one right now. So if you've heard about the CC, pardon me, CSSHL, the Canadian Sport School Hockey League. Basically, it's academies, and and this weekend they've got a showcase of sorts, if you want to call it that. Now, this showcase is being held at the River Cree Resort all weekend, Uh, so starting today through the 10th, they've got the dual rinks going there. So there will be teams from all over Western Canada and the United States. So these are, you know, academies, I guess you want to call it. So tonight at 8.15 is one of the games. They've got games going on all weekend as i said but tonight at 8 15 is nax versus shawnigan lake school under 18 prep team now the cool thing about shawnigan lake under 18 prep team well it's in bc okay so but they have several players from edmonton that are in this school josh polak he's seventh in league scoring from strathcona county gabriel kenny conal hill all three of these guys have played hockey together since they were in novice under nine. Emmett Nietzsche is also from Edmonton. He's a goaltender. All of these boys, these four, went to the Vimy Ridge Academy for junior high. So there's even a few others from Edmonton as well. So they'll be playing tonight 8-15 against NAX. Now, NAX has a very strong program as well. Two top picks from last year's WHL prospect draft, Daxon Rudolph. First overall by the Prince Albert Raiders. He leads the league in scoring as a 2008-born defenseman. Also, Riley Boychuk was picked second overall by PA. And Jordan Duguay is ninth in scoring. So this is shaping up to be a pretty good game tonight. NAX is uh, number one in the standings. Uh, Shawnigan is number three. Let's welcome in. NAX head coach Matt Hare to the program. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to Sports 1440. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, Matt, what can you tell us about this showcase and this game tonight at 8.15 at River Cray in particular against Shawnigan Lake School? Yeah, you know what? This is going to be a very uh, good showcase. Um, Every team from the league's here, so all 20 teams are here. There will be 10 games uh, a day going on at the River Cree uh, starting at 9 a.m. and ending at about 10 p.m. Thursday to Sunday. So um, lots of good hockey and lots of good action this weekend at at the River Cree. And, um, yeah, tonight specifically, you know, it's two of the top teams in the league, us and uh, Shawnigan going at it. And um, we haven't played each other yet. So, you know, I think uh, it's going to be a very um, good, fast-paced game, um, lots of skill out there. So I'm excited to... uh, See how both teams shape up against each other. So, how does the CSSHL and NAX, I guess, uh, put on event an event like this of this magnitude? Yeah, you know, uh, lots of planning. Um, you know, we uh, as a league, we try to do showcases kind of every couple weekends um, in different spots, and um, this is the first showcase of the year where all uh, all 
20 teams mm-hmm. are going to be at. Usually it just takes place where just the Prairie teams will kind of be at one, so they're a bit smaller, and BC teams will be at one, so each showcase bit smaller. But, yeah, this is uh, the first one this season where all 20 teams are going to be there. So um, lots of planning and, and coordination, and, you know, our um, – League Commissioner Kevin Goodwin did a really good job of, of getting all the planning down and the scheduling and everything. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Hmm. Matt Hare, coach of the NAX squad, the under-18 prep team, taking on Shawnigan Lake School under-18 prep team in the CSSHL showcase this weekend at River Cree Resort. So, uh, I don't know if you caught it off the top, but there's several Edmonton kids on Shawnigan, but what about your team? Tell us a little bit about your team, Matt. Yeah, um, you know what we uh, we have lots of Edmonton area kids on our team. Um, lots kind of from Alberta and and um, you know throughout Western Canada. So um, you know we uh, we have some lots of high end talent too. Um, you know we have uh, Daxon Rudolph on our team who went first overall in WHL draft. Riley Boychuk, who was second overall. Um, Breck Lisk, he, he's from Manitoba. He, he went 10th overall. Um, you know, and, and we have lots of guys, you know, from Devon, which is right by the airport there in Edmonton, right by River Cree. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very well-attended event. And, um, you know, there there's lots of high-end talent that, that'll be playing, um, you know, throughout the weekend and, you know, lots of future uh you know, high-end WHL players and, mm. and uh, NCAA players. So I would imagine you. Th- this is a heavily scouted event, Matt? Yeah, it will be. So um, how do the kids react to that? Because with, you know, playing CSSHL is a lot different than maybe, you know, and, and you're familiar with where the hockey's going as far as academies and leagues go, but, I mean, when you're just playing tournaments and, and events in between uh, with a lot of practices, it's a little tougher for, I mean, maybe kids in the academies to, to, to get a look at it because of the frequency of games. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, we, we kind of have more of a college schedule where we only play weekends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, it, it's a lot of practice time and, um, you know, we're, we're probably not going to be used to as many scouts as, as, um, there will be mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. You know, we, like I said, this is going to be the first event where all 20 teams are there. And I know each, you know, WHL team has, um, has players kind of scattered all over the league and, and there's going to be lots of NCAA scouts that are, um, you know, talking to future junior A players that, that will be at this event as well. So, um, you know, I, I think for the players, it's just continue playing late like you always have. Don't try to do anything too much and um, just trying to block out the pressure that, that comes with playing in these kind of events. So, Matt, things start rolling uh, today and both rinks going like basically 12 hours a day kind of thing? Yeah, um, starts at nine and then nine fifteen. Yep. Um, so, well, yeah, about fifteen minutes uh, time difference for for each game uh, start time. And yeah, we roll from uh, they start nine a.m. and the last game start at eight fifteen tonight. Hey, Matt, appreciate uh, you coming on. I know you got a, probably a million things to do today, but uh, <laughs> it should be a great weekend for to to watch some great hockey. So fans can head out to River Cree and uh, check it all out. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's Matt Hare, uh, coach of the NAX U18 prep team. It's the CSSHL uh, showcase at River Cree, and it should be a lot of fun. And that is the game of the day, and it will be kind of the games of the day and the games of the weekend for St. Albert Dodge. They have 
165 Ram 1500s. Actually, it should be probably 164 now that I'm lucky enough to be driving one. Uh, 165 Ram 1500s, all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That's a saving up to $14,000. Uh, General Manager Brad McCrory shot me off a text last night. He was at the game. And I said, hopefully, because he got there. Well, he texted me after it was 2 nothing. And I said, I hope you got to your seats on time because uh, that was a very quick, quick start last night. Yeah, it's rare that even if you're a minute late getting in the building, you would have missed a couple uh, a couple goals, including a dandy by uh, by Zach Hyman. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you got to get there. Well, well, I, I mean, if you, if you were going to the game last night expecting seven. that it was going to show up at 7.30, I certainly hope you had arrived and gotten your seat taken uh, by the time the puck actually dropped at about 10 to 8. There was an old story with Dave Brown. Remember the big tough guy, Dave Brown? Yes. So he was, there was going to be a rematch kind of scrap. And basically he said to the media before the game in the morning, don't go for popcorn. No. (laughs) Something was going to happen quite quickly. Quite, quite quickly. Yeah, that was pretty well it last night. If you you got trapped in one of the the longer beer lines (laughs) or something, you you still might have missed it. So I even made it up to the Sportsnet Lounge a little prior to the game to... Have a quick beverage. It was nice up there. Uh, anyway, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. If you wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location, you will get 50% off wings. And who knows? Maybe even the commish, Mark Levers, will buy you a beverage as well. Here is the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. 